Hi, so welcome back to the exciting conclusion to our two-part recap of Season 5, Episode 13, Mary Has a Little Lamb. Uh, this is still Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I'm still Brent, and I'm still joined by Ski. Hello. And we're still joined by Alan. Hello. Uh, so this second part of the recap is where we'll actually get to go over our favorite lines, discuss the episode's MVP, and award the episode up to eight slices of cheesecake, and ultimately we hope to discover which episode of the Golden Girls is the best. Um, but before we get there, let's see if Alan has any addendums to last week's recap. Oh, Alan? Okay. So every time the Brent does an intro, I don't know what to expect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Because yeah, I don't know. Because obviously, if if anybody, uh, you know, is frantically now looking <laughs> for when the first half dropped, don't worry, Brent's just full of shit. <laughs> this will contain both parts one and two <laughs> of the recap, all in one conveniently packaged. Listen, there is just as much likelihood that they were listening to this on April Fool's Day as there's listening to it on Halloween. <laughs> ah, fair enough. <laughs> so, well, I did have a. Uh, a couple listener interactions to go over real quick before I, I jump into my recap, if that's okay. Before I jump into part two. I'll say three at this point. I appreciate yeah. you letting me get through my bit, though, and not interjecting. This is the first part. <laughs> I just wanted to see where it went. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, a couple quick things. Uh, we had gotten a message from, you know, one of our newer listeners, or, uh, yeah, newer listeners, mm-hmm. uh, Angie, hey, uh, Angie back, Smith, Angie. and she said uh, that... Uh, she just was referencing when uh, Rose was talking about being dipped. Oh, um, yeah. And she said, all evening. And I said, yeah, just like Charlie used to dip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all evening. <laughs> right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, 22 hours a day. <laughs> and Mermaid had mentioned uh, the debut of Miles, who also used to be Arnie, and yeah. uh, was in witness protection, but uh-huh. oddly his daughters knew where he was. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's a good point. I, I mentioned that I hope that you referred to him as not Arnie going forward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we also got a message from a China bird who I believe sent us a message a, a long time ago, okay. and she had said that she's still a regular listener. She nice. was she was replying to an older post. Okay, um, but I said that we're just glad that she stuck with us Absolutely. all this time. Absolutely, thank you much. So. She's like one of the twelve hundred people who dropped off after the first <laughs> exactly. episode. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, one other one, we got a a message, well, a post that uh, Newey made on her Facebook page. Oh, nice. And it was talking about an, an advertisement in Stockholm. Uh, sub, it was in a Stockholm subway for a customer service with erotic stories. Ooh. Yeah. And um, it's an app, too. Okay. And the name of this uh, service is Blanche. Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. She, she had first seen candles with the name Blanche on uh-huh. it. And now she sees yeah. this erotic uh, line. But it's great. She, she gave it's us a little... Blanche. <laughs> probably. But... Uh, but she gave us a translation of the ad uh-huh. um, on it, and it says, "Press two to act, <laughs> press two to access technical support, or press three to come." <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it says, "Our customer service is an interactive sex fantasy on women's terms. Call in here for yourself, or download our app with romantic and erotic or audio stories, Blanche stories." Um, <laughs> and I'm sorry, I don't understand. What do you mean? So it's. Like a phone sex line, but it's on women's terms? That's what it says. At least her translation of it is. So, like, if I call, it's just going to be, like, women nagging at me? <laughs> or perhaps, <laughs> if that's what you associate women in the bedroom as being. <laughs> I'm paying three ninety nine a minute for people to tell me I'm inadequate. <laughs> it's a horrible business model. Yeah, you can get that for free at home. Exactly. <laughs> I get that for free here. Right. <laughs> exactly. You call me. Paying my three ninety nine, they're like, not tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, well, you just lost three ninety nine. 
Well, I had uh, mentioned that uh, I was do glad they, to see. Do they the, still have that, like the one nine hundred numbers? I think they do. Um, I know that. Uh, I'm almost positive they have some sort of a version of that. I don't know if it if they still have it where you can charge directly just from calling the number, yeah. or if you have to call and give them a credit card. Surely it's all like webcam stuff now. Oh well, yeah, yeah. I guess I didn't think about the OnlyFans and that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess there's plenty of ways to pay women for or pay you know whoever. Yeah. Um, for their services. So. Mm-hmm. You know, virtual services. Yeah. But. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's all right. Hey, listen, we're full service <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we are. So. Not full service like that, though, are we? Uh, not yet, <laughs> but the offers haven't rolled in yet either. <laughs> so that's, for anyone listening, you know, you get a sticker or. Yeah. <laughs> if you like the dulcet tones that Brent's been giving out <laughs> for three ninety nine a minute. <laughs> I can't even give it away. I won't charge three ninety nine a minute. <laughs> so anyway, I said it was great to see the spirit of Blanche living all yeah. around the world. Yeah, um, indeed. And she, you know, just mentioned that it was so perfect that it'd be a Blanche's alley. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I just replied to that that uh, I could imagine Ski's wife Nicole mm-hmm. um, doing the same, but erotic stories would have a humorous undertones. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so thank you, Numi. Yep, I'm, I'm always glad to hear from uh, from Numi. That's great. Really she's yeah. our original person that ever contacted us. She is mm-hmm. absolutely, and like for stuff, you know, because you know the other side of the world, so it's always slightly different than what we have. So mm-hmm. I never know where it's going to go. Yeah, I agree. Well, and it's always something interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah, agree. Exactly. Well done, Numi. Yeah, thank you. So today we're uh, going over season five, episode thirteen, yeah. all of it, not just the, <laughs> <laughs> not just the end, not just the last trimester, <laughs> right? Um, Mary had a little lamb. Uh-huh. Original air date was January sixth of nineteen ninety. Mm-hmm. I'm sure interesting things happened, but I don't know what they were. Mm-hmm. Um, this was written by uh, Harold Apter and directed, of course, by Terry Hughes. I'm kind of looking forward to when, when we don't say directed by Terry Hughes and it's more of a mystery. Yeah, <laughs> it should have been like. You know, Bush Senior was probably taking office the same week, probably. Yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is, I was thinking January sixth. Nothing important ever happens on that date. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was he eighty eight or ninety? What's yeah. that? When was the election? It would have been two thousand. So, you know, I guess he, he would have been in office for two years. Yeah. Right? Well, and he wouldn't have taken office that day. It was just when they potentially would have been certifying the election yeah, yeah, results. That's true. So. That's true. Yeah, he would have been eighty eight when he took office. Yeah. Obviously. No, so, or he would have. Yeah. The election would have been in eighty eight. He would have taken it in eighty nine, which yeah, is a correct. year. Yeah. Prior to this. I'm cut all this out. <laughs> oh, no, no. We're leaving this in. When you say something slightly less intelligent, <laughs> then i got to leave that in, too, to balance it out. <laughs> I think in your review last week, you dropped a couple words I didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of myself for using deuterogonist. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think, one of them, <laughs> for sure. I didn't think I'd be able to get it out. without <laughs> So yeah, if you're wondering what we're talking about, just listen to last week's episode. And if you want a little more Brent, listen to episode one, season 20. Season 20, episode <laughs> one. <laughs> you should think as many times as we said that that I wouldn't make that mistake. But uh-huh. anyway, so getting into the episode, though. Uh, yeah. It starts off in the kitchen <laughs> with a... I know where your mind went. <laughs> it starts off... Where did my mind go? <laughs> I'm not sure. You were thinking about getting into Mary. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, the episode starts off in the kitchen with Sophia presenting a sultry letter that Blanche received from her prison pen pal. Oh, uh, Meryl. She, yeah. <laughs> Blanche comes in and describes one of her letters to him, and Rose reassures her that hammock hanky-panky mm-hmm. would still be possible if she lost a few pounds. Yeah. Uh, Blanche says it's all just for fun since Meryl won't be out of prison for 20 years. Yep. 
Uh, the doorbell rings, and we're introduced to Mary, a 16-year-old girl whose ugly has been bumped and is now in the family way. Mm-hmm. Now, they act like we should know who this girl is. Yeah, yeah um, they do. They just jump right in. So there's obviously some sto- story behind it that right, we're yeah. not privy to other than just little hints of it. Yeah, I mean, they fill in the backstory as the show goes on. Yeah. But it felt really odd. I was like, have we seen her? Was she yeah. one of the Sunshine Girls? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah. At what point? And they had, like, the two girls who, like, the, like the little sisters mm-hmm. that Rose and Blanche worked with, whatever, the shoplifters. Mm-hmm. Like, bring back one of those girls. Right, yeah. Know, I thought that, way. too. I was yeah. like, I, that's what I assumed it was at first. Yeah, I was like, yeah. did we see her before on that? And I knew I'd recognize her face, yeah. and I had to look it up. And she's she was on Growing Pains a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We've seen she was uh, if you look Kirk Cameron's enough, girlfriend, right? Yeah, you can find a lot of yeah. her on the internet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so hoping that's your deep dive. It is not. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, I did a deep dive on that one. Uh, so anyways. Um, <laughs> And then you had to do a puddle jump. Well, touche. I just got checkmated. <laughs> I don't know if I address it now or just wait till later, but I'll just throw it in now. If anybody doesn't know already, um, the actress that plays Mary, uh, her name is uh, Julie McCullough, was also a Playboy model. Um, I think actually prior to the episode, was. which was surprising to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why yeah, she's she got... supposed to be sixteen in this, right? I know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's really like twenty-five or twenty-four yeah. when this episode was filmed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she plays a sixteen-year-old. Yeah. But that's what got her fired from Growing Pains. Oh, uh, really? Because <laughs> um, that was... happened during her time of Growing Pains. No, it was well before. Um, but Kirk Cameron didn't know that. Ah. Uh. And then like. She was supposed to be like she was his fiance or wife or something like that on the show, mm. and then he found out she had a naughty past, and he's sort of hardcore Christian. He's like, no naughty girls on my show. Oh, and got wow. her fired. What a dick. Wow. Um. Anyways, uh, well, uh, I didn't know any of that. Mm-hmm. I think she's in Sharknado movies or something. Yeah, like. I believe you're right. Um, I, I have a little bit on uh, on her at the end, but uh, <laughs> 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 you got a little bit to put on her. <laughs> Rose exclaims. Uh, uh-huh. I can't believe it. it was only yesterday you were selling us cookies, to which Sophia interjects now she's giving them away. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy that line. Um, after learning that her boyfriend went away to college and that her dad kicked her out, Dorothy suggests that she stays with them until they figure out what to do. Yeah. It's uh, shocking that they would have a house guest. Uh, I know. Um, the other housemates agree, and uh, Rose offers Mary some ice cream and pickles, and she says she's not having any strange cravings yet. To which Rose replies, strange. Mm-hmm. And the look on Rose's face, I thought, was honestly the best moment of the episode. <laughs> like, <what laughs> about how mean? incredulous she was about the word strange. Like, yeah. why are you saying strange? But anyways, uh, after Rose and Mary exit, the other three discuss Mary's father and his vicious dog that allegedly ate Sophia's friend Ida. Mm-hmm. It leads to Sophia comparing owners to their dogs, using Phil's dog as an example to support her belief, uh, mm-hmm. saying that... Uh, so why does your brother Phil's poodle like to wear a tutu and hop around on his hind legs? To which now I didn't care for that line, um, mm-hmm. but yeah. but Dorothy's retort I liked. Where she says, "Oh come on, Ma! I mean, Phil looked pretty silly doing that by himself." Yeah. That was good. Line. Yeah, but uh, that was a long opening scene. Yeah, um, it just it, I felt like it was half the episode before we got through the first scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, did you two have anything else to add to that first oh, scene? Oh, one there? of those is my favorite line. Like you don't get a lot of Rose. Poking fun at people, mm-hmm. but the line where uh, Blanche says, "You know, I, she in one of her letters she'd said that she wanted to make love to this Merrill guy mm-hmm. in a hammock, right? Right." And mm-hmm. then Rose 
uh, 5'7", like, you still can if you lose a, a few pounds. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was great. There's another one later on. I'll, I'll hold on to it until now, but yeah. until then. But <laughs> I'll hold on to it until right now. <laughs> and then you're going to blur it out. <laughs> no, but another point where she also kind of goes off on Blanche, which is great. I'll be looking forward to hearing the, your, your second uh, interjection. You may actually bring it up yourself. <laughs> So we get into scene two now, um, and this one opens with Blanche realizing that Merrill must have uh, voted for Pedro because all of his wildest dreams are about to come true. <laughs> <laughs> He's been uh, released from I, prison. I rewatched part of that the other day. Yeah, I watched it with the kids the other day. Yeah. It really held up well. Yeah, yeah, And they liked it on the first watching, which I was glad about because yeah. I feel like the first time I saw it, I went in with kind of high expectations because yeah. it was, you know. A, it was, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and I was a little disappointed, but then it stuck with me, and I watched it again, and I loved uh-huh. it. So. Yeah. And it's always had a lot of different lines, and now we can use those same lines with the kids. Mm-hmm. So that's been, that's <laughs> been fun. Um, but anyways. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. So he's been released uh, for prison and is ready to uh, put his wand in Blanche's chamber of secrets. Uh, hearing this, Sophia says. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for different euphemisms for sex, and that uh-huh. was one I came across. <laughs> so I went and threw it in there. I know it doesn't make anything, any sense with the episode. I don't know. Meryl strikes me as a uh, Harry Potter fan. <laughs> yeah, certainly. Yeah. Sure, sure, he and JK would get on just fine. <laughs> But uh, hearing this, did you, so call, did you call her Meryl Streep? <laughs> said Meryl strikes me. Oh, as <laughs> um, yes, yeah, says, like, <laughs> says, gee, that's gonna be rough. I bet after 10 years in the jug, he's gonna be pretty short on foreplay. Exactly. <laughs> I love that she called prison the jug. I don't think I've heard <laughs> yeah. that term before, <laughs> exactly. Um, Dorothy takes uh, an extra blanket over to Mary and explains that uh, she's not a grown woman yet, saying just because the plumbing's in doesn't mean the house is ready to occupy. Mm-hmm. Uh, she encourages Mary to talk to her dad again, and we get a little more backstory about Mary's mom being sick mm-hmm. and the girls being one of their primary support systems uh, yeah. during that and after she passed away. Yeah. How did you feel about that euphemism? Uh, which one? The, um, about the, the plumbing oh, the in the one. house and everything? I thought it was a pretty solid euphemism. Yeah, yeah. Um, or analogy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was a good follow too, because actually Mary's line before that actually was pretty decent. It's like, I've got a you know, child growing inside me, but I feel more alone than ever. Yeah, well, there was that. Um, but then, you know, what was her, her exact thing was saying that, that she, the father doesn't want to accept that she's a grown woman. Mm-hmm. And that's when Dorothy, I think, says well, that. Well, yeah, I'm saying like, there's a, that was a follow to. Like that so you thought there was another housing um, related? No, no. <laughs> I'm saying that's how like, the conversation ah, started, I think. Okay, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our next scene, uh, we have uh, Sophia's gathering the valuables in anticipation of Merrill coming over. Uh, Dorothy thinks he'll be a real gentleman based on his letters, uh, but that doesn't seem to be the case when the large, ominous-looking Merrill shows up at the door saying, I want Blanche. I'm Merrill. Are you Blanche? <laughs> <laughs> and Dorothy says she's not. And he looks at Sophia and says, how about you, cutie? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't she say, he's done some hard time. Yeah. That's my favorite line. <laughs> um, after trying to convince him that Blanche might, be not, might not be back for weeks, uh, Blanche walks in the front door with Rose and Mary. They tell Meryl that Blanche is still out, and Rose tries to convince them that Blanche is ugly, wrinkled, and fat, but Blanche's vanity is unable to abide by this and says that Blanche is gorgeous. So Meryl says he'll uh, be back later. and that, yeah, that That's the second it. one I was talking about yeah. where Rose uh, rips on her. Yeah, I thought that was a, a solid portion for Rose. Yeah. Um, and it was nice that Blanche did admit almost immediately that it was stupid of her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. So I think that ended our first act in general. Um, mm-hmm. Either of you two have anything more to add to that first act? Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but then we get into Act 2 with uh, Blanche ready to run for the hills and Dorothy alluding to the sexual assault that brought Michael into the world. Yes. <laughs> Did not like that at all. Oh, yeah. Um, it's been the second or third time that it's been, uh, you know, mentioned yeah. in that kind of a context. Yeah. Uh, Blanche of... Mm-hmm. Sort of, you know, knocks Stan off that pedestal that Ski had him on after right, last week's yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, hey, he gave his trash to those homeless kids. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> He's a stand-up guy in my book. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> so, but uh, Blanche passes out, and Sophia says that it uh, should be Mary's father who is offering support, not them. Uh, Dorothy and Sophia agree to go have a talk with him, and they head out as well. Mm-hmm. We get a new set now as they enter uh, Fred's house. Mm-hmm. Sophia says, you think because Mary went out and got herself pregnant that she's a slut? Well, let me tell you what a slut is. It's somebody who gets knocked up in the backseat of a Studebaker at a drive-in movie. It was a Studebaker, wasn't it, Dorothy? Mm-hmm. Apparently it was not a Studebaker. It was an ash. Yeah. Which brings us to the shallowest puddle jump (laughs) that I'm probably ever going to make. Nash Motors Company was an American automobile manufacturer based in Kenosha, Wisconsin from 1916 to 1954. Uh, Production continued, though, on some of their lines from 54 to 57 after the creation of American Motor Corporation. Uh, They pioneered, though. I thought this was interesting. This is why I threw it in there. there Did they do the Gremlin? I don't know what. No, they didn't do the Gremlin. Um, I think, did AMC do the Gremlin? Possibly, yeah. yeah. But it wasn't Nash. That, yeah. that would have been after Nash's time. Is it Nash was an N? Nash? Yes. Okay. N-A-S-H, like Nash Bridges. Nash? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You ever see that show? One of the best I, Nashes. I, I think I've seen an episode of it, but not. I, it certainly wasn't something I watched regularly. Yeah. They're bringing it back. Oh, are they? Yeah. I, I hear people like that Yellowstone show. Isn't yeah. that kind of Nash Bridges-y? I don't think so. Okay. I just figured it was like in the uh, kind of a Texas-based type of a... I don't know. Doesn't matter. So, um. so Yellowstone, like, um, I think, or I guess they're both. They'd be shows that you could watch with your grandparents or kids uh, or whatever. Oh, okay. But I think they probably have that in common. But yeah, Nash Bridges was in San Francisco. Oh, okay. Then I guess I have no had no idea about the plot or anything with Nash Bridges. I just assumed with the name like Nash, it must have been in the <laughs> yeah. No, so Don, Not Nashville. Yeah, <laughs> Don Johnson and uh, Cheech Marin. Yeah, well, I knew Don are, Johnson was Nash Bridges, but yeah. And then Cheech Marin's his partner, and there are cops in San Francisco. Huh. They're actually a pretty good I wonder one-two what combo. show I'm conflating yeah. it with, then, because obviously, like, there's nothing that's Western-y Walker, or Texas Southern, Stranger. Probably. Yeah. That's probably, yeah, I'm sure that's what I'm what I'm confusing yeah. it with. So. so, like, and here's the thing, like, I don't know, I'm conflicted, or, like, I have no interest. I've never watched Nash Bridges, so I'm not going to watch, you know, the reboot or whatever. <laughs> whatever. But, like, Don Johnson was saying that he wants to bring Nash Bridges back, or he's bringing back the Nash Bridges character because he wants to sort of, like, unite the generations. Mm. And he wants to teach, like, the younger generation not to be quite so woke, and he wants to teach the older generation that they need to be a bit more tolerant. Ah. And he wants to try to thread that needle and tell both sides that they're I think wrong. he's... Uh... <laughs> you know, like, it's an interesting take. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's uh, reading a little too much into his own popularity. I don't know that he's going to have that... Yeah, like Levels. the kid's going to be like, let's see what old Nash Bridges can <laughs> right, do to yeah. help me get along with it. If he ain't got a TikTok to back it up. Or... <laughs> Listen, I, if I'm not listening to Tubbs, I'm sure it's all not listening to Crockett. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so Tubbs did show up. Like, um, So Don Johnson and Cheech Marin were partners. And then apparently, I guess there was an episode where Philip Michael Hall and Tommy Chong were partners and they showed up or something. Oh, okay. 
so it's like a reunion type episode or whatever. Well, that's nice. I, I always like it when they bring characters from old shows, you know, yeah. back together in some sort of a way. We recently uh, rewatched The Middle, and um, uh, uh, Marie from Everybody Loves Raymond showed up as Brooke's teacher in oh, a few episodes, <laughs> and so cool. she had um, her and um, uh, Frankie. You know, had some episodes together, which was nice and everything. Yeah, and then Ray Romano showed up in one episode. Oh, that's so, funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, just to complete my little uh, puddle jump into Nash, Nash uh, Motor Company, not yeah. Nash Bridges. Correct. Um, <laughs> that they did pioneer some important innovations. In uh, 1938, they debuted the uh, heating and ventilation system, which is still used today. Okay. Uh, they did unibody construction in 1941. Took about how many years to figure out hot air would be nice in a car in Wisconsin? <laughs> I, I, well, let's see, 38. I don't know when the car, you know, became widespread, but yeah. I'd have to say probably 20 years or so. Well, yeah. for a long time, they had no roof yeah, on the cars. You know, the rain sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I do think we should try to go back to crank-powered cars. Yeah. That would probably help the environment. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. I do think, like, um, what is it? Tink to Evers to Chance. It was like the first double play in baseball. Mm-hmm. And it took them like 30 years to do that. Like, <laughs> wow. they, they think somebody would have like, oh, why don't I just throw it a second time? And get yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot simpler than, you know, creating yeah. a heating and ventilation <laughs> exactly. system that fit in a car. Yeah. Um, they also uh, pioneered unibody construction okay. in 1941. Uh, cost Brent a lot of money by coming up with seat belts in 1950, all those seat belt violations that you've gotten over the years. Oh, just the one. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been pulled over specifically for a seat belt violation? Uh, no, I mean, I've gotten the one ticket for the seat belt, but not pulled over for it. I got uh, one time I was pulled over, it was for speeding. Um, yeah. But the cop was pissed off at me because yeah. I guess I didn't notice him. I think yeah. I was driving a couple of Sherry's friends home. Like we'd gone out, gone to Bloomington to see uh-huh. Sherry for a. Yeah. Uh, Halloween or something. Gotcha. And I was driving a couple of her friends oh, back to Indianapolis. What's that? Today's the anniversary of that trip then. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know, like there was music playing or we were talking or whatever. Um, and the cop apparently had been behind me for a bit and yeah. I didn't notice it. Mm-hmm. And when he pulled me uh, over, he was like, what do you have fucking tape on your win- on your mirror? And, yeah. uh, and he's like, and don't think I didn't see your hands growing out of your necks trying to put your seatbelts on. Uh-huh. <laughs> so... Uh, I just uh, sheepishly handed him my driver's license uh-huh. and apologized. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that you cop, got me. <laughs> I got pulled over probably four times during that year uh-huh. um, by the same cop. Oh yeah, yeah, in Martinsville, uh, uh, in between the two. Yeah, and he was a cop who he was going to show up to the court date. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> there was no point in trying to get out of paying the ticket. Yeah, um, but yeah, that you uh, take like a safe driver course. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, I think my license got suspended because. I had moved, and I didn't get the letter telling me to take the safe gotcha. driver course. And oh, so then no. I got suspended, and then, you know, mm-hmm. luckily I got it all worked out long yeah. ago. But, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, that cost me. Uh, obviously, the tickets themselves were expensive, and then yeah. the whatever to get my license reinstated was probably like six or $800 oh, at the gosh, time. Dang. And that was 20 years ago. I don't know what it would cost today. We were to way poorer done. back then. Yeah, certainly. It's still like one of the most scared I've ever been. I went to renew my driver's license once when I was, you know, 25 or whatever. When, when do you have to do it, like, the first time? Uh, it's, like, six years after-ish. So yeah. probably when you're around 22, 23, something well, I guess like that. You have to get to do one when you turn 21. So oh, I that's guess, right, yeah. So probably six years after that. So I would have been 27. Okay. Um. So I went to get my license renewed, and I had so many points that I had to retake the test. Mm. 
and I was so scared. Like <laughs> I didn't realize this was a thing. Yeah, I, I didn't I had know that to do either. It. And I'm like, oh shit, do I remember sign silhouettes and <laughs> like all of that arcane stuff? Like, do I stop, you know, do I apply the break three football fields away from the intersection? <laughs> right. Like all of that stuff. <laughs> and I was just so scared that I was gonna fail the test. <laughs> and then I have to like wait six weeks to take it again or however long. Did I tell you guys that time I had to retake the, the written test also? No. So uh can I tell you about that? I don't think so. so. <laughs> I'm a little so. curious as to why they were making you take a written test instead of on the computer. <laughs> well, it, I think it was written. Honestly, I think, really? it was, I think that's what they had. Had to fill out your Scantron? Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> but so, so I my, think they were just sweet for ski and wanted to keep they, you around a little bit. It was. Uh, I'm sure it was a fun day for my daughter. Uh, so <laughs> Your daughter? So how was, recently was this? <laughs> not long ago. Okay. It was, it was several years now, but so... Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad passed away in 2011, mm-hmm. and uh, when I was uh, trying to figure out stuff with his bank and stuff to close out his final accounts, uh, I had to go to Crawfordsville, uh, which is where the or the closest, uh, I think, Wells Fargo was. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go back back and forth there. It's like an hour away from where I lived. Uh, but I got there, and I was going through the paperwork and such, and it got down to the lady asking me, okay, I just need to see, you know, a valid driver's license or ID. Mm-hmm. So I just handed her my license. She's like, oh, that's, this is expired, sir. <laughs> I was like, what? Okay, it was like six months expired. <laughs> wow. So it was like not even close. And so if you get to a certain point where it has been expired yeah. for so long, you have to take the written yeah. again. And so uh, I tried my best to try and get into uh, the local BMV because mm-hmm. it was just down the street from the bank, but it was like right at closing time. Oh. It turns out if you had to take the written test, you got to schedule it like an hour in advance. Oh, okay. So I was out of luck regardless. But uh, the next, I think Monday or something, I was available. I went to, uh, I had to take my daughter because I had her with me and she didn't have a, we didn't have a sit or anything. Took her to the BMV, waited in line, uh, got signed up for it. And I sat there and read the entire manual. <laughs> I didn't try to like teach her because she couldn't oh, sure. drive yet. But then I took the written test and passed it with like hundred percent. But oh, okay. still very inconvenient. Yeah. <laughs> Some totally avoidable. Yeah. Well, I thought you said you failed a written test. No. Oh. Okay. Sorry if I did. I misspoke. But <laughs> had to retake. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Yeah. I the first time that I got took my driver's test, I, I passed the written fine. Yeah. Um, but. On the very last turn that I was coming into the um, license branch parking lot during yeah. the, the driving part of it, yeah. one of my tires barely went over the, uh, they had this really low median, yeah. um, and it barely went over this median that kind of went between coming into and out of that mm-hmm. parking lot. Yeah. And the guy was like, well, sorry, if you hit anything, I have to fail you. Yeah. <laughs> and so he failed me, and I had to come back. I, I lightly think... hit this guy walking in front of us. Right. <laughs> and he wasn't an important person. It wasn't like he was a celebrity. Exactly. <laughs> he <laughs> saw me coming. He wasn't a comptroller or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, if he was important, he would have had a car. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that... Uh... That was disappointing. And my dad, he was the one who would take me to that um, to that driving test. And, yeah, I think I had, like, a real droopy dog kind of a <laughs> demeanor afterwards. Oh, yeah. He felt very bad for me, which was, yeah. which was nice of him. He's not, like, a real flowery kind of a guy. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was definitely uh, tried to do a good job of consoling me that day <laughs> for my yeah. disappointment. Um, but anyways, uh, so just a couple other innovations from Nash. Uh, Nash Motors. Um, uh-huh. In 1950, uh, they did the uh, first U.S. built compact car. Okay. 
and then also uh, the first uh, muscle cars in 1957. Hmm, nice. Now, I guess technically though, that would have been after Nash was really closed and it was yeah. actually onto the AMC. Mm -hmm, yeah. Exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's funny because my my part of that was probably less than 50 words, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. with our conversation, it stretched it out a bit. Would you <laughs> say those are tangents? <laughs> right. Yeah, I would say <laughs> if you want to use geograph or uh, geometrical yeah, sure. terms. Yeah. <laughs> um, Hey, folks, just as a FYI, we've had a conversation about geometry before, mm -hmm. talking about tangents. It was great. Yeah, exactly. Well, because I was talking about how the two of them, on my last episode that was quite uh, brief, yeah. the two of them didn't add in a lot of tangents. Um, <laughs> and so I was trying to beef my uh, recap up just a little bit <laughs> so that it wasn't going to be quite so short. Uh, but now it seems like Brent's, uh, Brent's our long-winded one. <laughs> <laughs> to bring it all back home as far as, you know, geometry goes, mm -hmm. I've often said that, you know, this podcast is a circle. Oh, yeah? Pointless. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You like that? <laughs> so, question. We were talking about stuff earlier, and I don't know why, but this kind of popped into my head. Uh -huh. So, a circle has circumference, correct? Correct. Uh, and, a per like, a polygon has a uh, perimeter. Okay. Yeah. Would an oval, like an ellipse, does that still have a circumference because it's round? Is it Jewish? I don't know. I know where you're going with that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'd have to ask the, the individual yeah. ellipse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know the punchline to that joke, so I'm just going to move on. The, oh, he's talking about circumcision. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. circumference. Do you guys happen to know? That's an honest question. I don't know. If an oval has a circumference? Yeah, if it's called a circumference since it's not a circle. Mm. I think it is because, I mean... Because it's rounded? It's yeah. like a round shape? Yeah, I think... Like an oval... An oval, an oval is a circle. No, a circle is an oval, but an oval is not a circle. Vice versa. Switch that. Backwards. Well, yeah, all... I guess, I guess technically all circles are an ellipse. Yeah. We would have the foci at the same mm -hmm. location. Exactly. If these are the tangents I can look forward to, you guys don't need to worry about <laughs> chiming in as much. <laughs> I mean, listen. I was ready to move on when I said it was pointless. <laughs> I thought that was a nice button for the whole tangent. It was. I, I have one little wrap-up. You had sure. conflated uh, Walker, Texas Ranger earlier. Mm -hmm. um, when my daughter was going to school, she had two kids in her class. They were brothers. One was named... Walker and then it was Ranger. Oh, really? <laughs> Very nice. When my sister was doing student teaching or whatever, she had um, two kids in her class. One was named Marshall and the other Tucker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any, any special names to mention. <laughs> um, <so laughs> when I went to high school, there was two girls. One was named Autumn and one was named Summer. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I, when I was in high school, uh, two kids in my homeroom. One was named Kang and the other was named Kodos. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, two of my son's classmates, they're uh, Napoleon and Dynamite. <laughs> but anyways, uh, well, at this point, after the whole uh, story about um, about the conception of Michael, um, Sophia ducks out since she could see a murder. Oh, yeah, Golden Girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sophia ducks out of uh, Fred's house because she could see murder in the Doberman's eyes. Mm -hmm. Um, Dorothy uh, continues to try to convince Mary father, Mary's father to take her back. Um, mm -hmm. She tells a St. Olaf story about a pig farmer, mm -hmm. and the uh, background music indicated that she may have had a breakthrough as the scene comes to an end. Yeah. Uh, I thought 
I, I like the way that they kind of give us those little cues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, you can tell he's thinking about what she said. Uh, he's picking up what she was putting down. <laughs> right. Uh, we briefly uh, come back into the living room to find that Sophia tied and gagged. Mm-hmm. Apparently, uh, Meryl has taken the silver and Blanche's jewelry, uh, partially aided by a tipsy Sophia. Mm-hmm. It was kind of interesting because it sounds like they were having a, a swell time together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she was, she was doing some, right. doing yeah. some day drinking. Right. <laughs> I'd like to think that Meryl propositioned her, and then when she was like, no, still not mm-hmm. interested, he was like, fine, I'm taking some shit then. Exactly. Um, and he loosely like, tied her. She was, she, like, was, she was tied up. Was that done before, you know, he put the tape over her mouth? Yes. Yeah, she was, like, <laughs> vol- voluntarily entering into some little bondage. And right. <laughs> that he pulled the wool over her eyes. Well, you know, those ex-cons, <laughs> they're a wily bunch. Uh, I don't think I mentioned earlier, but uh, we do find out that Merrill isn't even the one who wrote those letters. Um, yeah, yeah, he just copied them, right? Exactly. Uh, the final scene begins with a, a quick call from the Stony Lonesome, uh, where Meryl has once again taken up residence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred comes over, confirming uh, that the background music was correct, and that Dorothy had helped him see the importance of repairing his relationship with Mary. I like they didn't rush into a decision, though. He's like, let me ponder this for a couple days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, Rosa reminds Mary of the mime class they have on Tuesday because the Lamaze class was filled up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fred mentions that Dorothy told him a St. Olaf story. Uh, and then after uh, Fred and Mary leave, Dorothy hangs her head and goes to the kitchen exclaiming, I was desperate. Mm-hmm. But the look Rose of ex- looked so excited. Oh, it was great. Yeah, the look of excitement yeah. on Rose's face <laughs> was one of my favorite things of the episode. Really good. So, yeah. It was actually one of my favorite. That's probably one of my favorite things for this entire season so far. Yeah, she was just like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, just yeah. so happy that uh, someone else was spreading Asking the good word yeah. of Saint Olaf, yeah. paying it forward. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we did have three guest actors in that episode. Did before I get into that, did either of you have anything else to add to the no, episode proper? Nope, okay. you already covered both my favorite lines. Well, our three guest actors were, uh, you know, of course, uh, Julie McCullough. She had 85 titles to her name, with this being her only Golden Girls. Um, she played, uh, in one of Brent's favorite movies, a karate Christmas movie, she played Elizabeth. Um, she was in Sharknado and Sharknado Heart of Sharkness. I don't know if she was in any other uh, Sharknado movies. Um, and uh, she did play Julie Costello on 11 Pains of Growing, or 11 Episodes of Growing Pains. <laughs> yeah. Before Kirk Cameron I like 11 her. Pains of Growing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you have something you were going to throw in there on Julie? I wonder if uh, she is to the Sharknado franchise what uh, you know Matt McCoy was to the Police Academy franchise, but she was like the replacement for a terror. Well, she was in the first Sharknado. Oh, she was. Yeah, and okay. then she was in a, a sequel, a couple, three, gotcha. four down the road. Gotcha. Terror. Was she? How many was, of those was she in? She was in quite a few, but I don't know. Gotcha. Um, I've never seen any of them. Yeah, I've seen only parts of like one or two. Was Tara Reid in both of them? Yeah, okay. I remember. <laughs> I, believe, I don't think she was in the part that I saw. It I was believe. what James was trying to make me watch part of it. Uh, it's only tangentially related, um, but one of my favorite 30 Rock lines, um, Tracy Morgan's giving us a little inspirational speech, and he's like, live every day like it's Shark Week. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, we also had uh, John Dennis Johnson. He played Merrill, 126 mm-hmm. episodes for him. Again, his only Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did play a part in the breakup of Brent's parents in his role in Married with Children, I assume. Uh, yeah. um, he uh, was also in a Lady Belladonna's Tales from the Inferno. Ooh. He played both Larry and the Left Hemisphere. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? Uh, and then we also had of a... Of the planet or of a brain? I don't know. <laughs> I guess... 
it would have to be a brain because left hemisphere would it would be east or west. Yeah, but that's true. South. That's only because you have limited thinking, Ski. That's true. <laughs> oh. It's only because he wants to do a Herman's Head podcast. That's, <laughs> right. That's where the money is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not it's here. It's where, where the audience is. Uh, Yardley Smith is already on board. <laughs> um, and then we also had a uh, Larry Goldman. He played Fred. Uh, Fifty-four titles for him. This is only Gold Girls. Nothing that I noticed that was particularly yeah. noteworthy. All right. So welcome back to part three of our three-part <laughs> <laughs> recap of Mary Had a Little Lamb. Uh, so this is the part where, you know, as I promised at the start of part two, <laughs> we would go through <laughs> and <laughs> give our best lines, our MVP. <laughs> And uh, an award for, you know, how many slices of cheesecake. I'll tell you one thing about Brent. Commitment to the bent is one of his... Uh... <laughs> if you can't commit to the bent, what can you commit to? Uh, <laughs> I knew as soon as it came out of my mouth a little funny that you were going to pick up on it and mention it. There's no way you're going to fucking let it slide. <laughs> it's too bent to slide. <laughs> yeah. Just like your dick. <laughs> wow. Crooked, not bent. <laughs> bent That's implies exactly like bent implies it just like hangs to the left. Crooked lets you know that you know the tip is at a ninety degree angle. Wow. <laughs> that seems you got to hook it around the G spot if you want to. Like functionality uh, would be a problem there. I would just assume that crooked means that it doesn't necessarily just go in one direction; that it kind of can weave back and forth. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, my wedding night, my, my wife was like, your wiener's like a politician. It's <laughs> <laughs> a fourth reference. <laughs> it's funny because I don't know if you're saying that your wiener's a Forrest Gump reference. <laughs> or if your joke is, but either way. <laughs> I know, but... It's a, a crooked like a politician. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, dear God, leave me a bird so I can fly far, <laughs> far away from here. <laughs> Anywho, all right, so who's your MVP, Alan? I'll see my MVP for this episode. Mine was Sophia. Sophia? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, I gave mine to Sophia also. Yeah, I, I didn't think that um, uh, anybody else stood out to me. Uh, I like that she called it the jug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and also like you know, oh, he's done hard time when he was complimentary towards her looks. Yeah, well, and then the um, giving the cookies away. Yeah, yeah, well, and then also the the whole story about Dorothy in the backseat of the Studebaker, mm-hmm. um, the yeah. solid too. So yeah. it's all good, all yeah. good, Sophia. This time, yeah. like clean sweep. I for the exact same reasons yeah. you guys. She so. was both caring, like she was sincerely worried about Mary. Yeah. And she had, like, I thought far and away the best lines. Absolutely. So Sophia gets the pillbox hat trick. <laughs> um, best line? I think we talked about that yeah. already. Yeah. Anything new to add for lines? No. You okay. can cover both of mine. All right. And how many slices of cheesecake, Alan? I, I gave it five and a half. Okay. I, I enjoyed the episode, but I wouldn't put it up in the Pantheon or anything like that. Yeah. So. How about you? Uh, six and a half. I gave it, I thought it was a touching father slash daughter slash old woman slash convict story. You know, <laughs> a lot of touching in that. Yeah. <laughs> um, just three slices for me. Mm. Um, I didn't much care for it. I thought the, the bread was kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think sometimes it's ski 
maybe fears that his relationship is damaged with his daughter because mm-hmm. he tends to like it when there's a good father-daughter moment. Like, that seems to really get to him. Like, he, he <laughs> liked Stan. Not quite as much as he did when Stan was giving his trash to the homeless. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. trash to the homeless. That's <laughs> what they're there for. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, Ski definitely seems to have a little bit of a soft spot for those father-daughter uh, yeah. Father daughter interactions. Yeah. Still hoping to salvage his relationship. <laughs> yeah. Man. <laughs> no, you I know something I don't? <laughs> I know a lot of things you don't ski. Probably true. Uh, not nearly as many things as you know that I don't, though. <laughs> <laughs> now, as far as I know, Ski's relationship is on solid ground with yeah. uh, with his daughter. An hour ago, you knew more about uh, you know the Nash Car Company than we did, mm-hmm. but now I think we're all on even footing. Uh, probably so. <laughs> I yeah. I, I miss a lot of that. I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was still thinking about Walker Texas Ranger. Gotcha. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was looking through the Nash automobiles trying to figure out which one Stan might have owned. Yeah. But none of them had fun names because they're all just like the series whatever, uh, you gotcha. know, 3600 type yeah. of thing. So I was like, Is eh. there at least a cool name for the first? Because uh, you said the well, they said the AMC had the first muscle yeah, car. Yeah, and that right? was in 57. So I was having to look around 1940, which would have been roughly when Dorothy would have been impregnated. So I was like, okay, well, if it was 1940, Stan wouldn't have had a brand new car. Yeah. So then I was looking at the mid-30s and all their stuff from back then. There was nothing that had a creative name. So yeah. I, it was all just a series and model numbers. Kind of boring, yeah. Yeah, wasn't funny enough to mm-hmm. to interject it. So, <laughs> but. Cool. All right, so we've talked about everything I think we're supposed to be talking about mm-hmm. during one of these shindigs. So uh, what's that? What's the customary closing? been a while for me oh has it been what three episodes <laughs> <laughs> like that. Well, Anywho, stay golden coco hey thanks so much for downloading today if you enjoyed that opening you should definitely check out ashley jade on youtube she has a bunch of awesome compositions on there if you want to get in touch you can email us at sophia's choice podcast at gmail.com you can also reach us on twitter at sophia's choice pc we plan to have a new episode out every monday If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden. That's what it's uh, like times 1.5 or times 2 to watch it through. My uh, my synopses are usually more succinct. Uh (laughs) Oh. Not Mm -hmm. not like. Because you're not catching everything? Who knew doing a half-assed job would (laughs) be so much easier? I'll tell you what, if Ski did a half-assed job on everything he does, they would still probably be very solid quality, and he would just get double the amount done. Agreed. (laughs) But I found there's a a plug-in to Google Chrome that actually will speed up Hulu. So I put that on there, and I was like, this is so much better. And I was able to watch the other two uh, twice. Oh, good deal. Right. <laughs> I would have yeah, to. It only took eight minutes, so. Ski. Yeah, like yeah. one was like almost eleven minutes or something crazy. In my opinion, Ski is the king of diminishing returns, um, <laughs> <laughs> because like he does, he gets up to that like ninety-five percent, mm-hmm. but then he really wants to get to that one hundred percent, and so he'll put half of his time at least is spent getting from ninety-five to a hundred. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, you know, his his initial project is is certainly high quality. Yeah, yeah. But just trying to iron out those little wrinkles, whatever the project is, uh-huh. um, those are what adds on that extra time for him. Yeah. But anyways, well, I'm ready uh, whenever yeah. you're ready to kick off, Brent. I think, um, like, you know, to use a um, you know, half-assed analogy or whatever. I think like 
these recording sessions, you know, are kind of like intercourse. And the actual <laughs> watching of the episodes is foreplay. Okay. And, you know, Ski spent 10 years in the clink. <laughs> <laughs> Topical. <laughs> oh, and by the way, I, there's a pretty good chance that I'll have to take a pause in this about two-thirds okay. of the way through to put the boys to bed. That's fine. Um, How long was the first episode? It was about an hour and ten minutes. Nice. Okay. So, yeah, it was a good length. I was hour. afraid it was going to be longer or no. too long. You know? No, no, I think it's a nice length. So. Okay, I'm ready when you are. 